I'm excited to be back, ladies. I'm so happy that our our listeners are back joining us. I'm so we're so thankful for everyone. I was just gonna say that too, Holly. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners out there. If you listened once or all of them, we appreciate all every one of you. We certainly do. We really do. And we've had already about two million, over two million listens to our podcast in just a year. So love the messages. I just love when people message yes. us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I we love it like when people send us suggestions for topics and we're trying to interject those things. And so we read them, we think about them, we're trying to adapt our show, mm-hmm. our podcasts around them too. And it's funny because I think this episode really does a bit of that because beginning of this year, 2022, Jill, you led us in a conversation about New Year resolutions or New Year, New You. And one of the things that we talked about was this whole idea of a positive mindset. And I think it struck a chord with some of our listeners because people have asked us more questions about, okay, about confidence and how to deal with anxiety or stress. And I'm like, we have those same questions too, because I think we all deal with them in different ways. <laughs> different mm-hmm. levels or you know it's, no I love when people ask questions I'm like I, I need to know the answer to that question exactly yeah. like we don't have the answers to them we want to yeah. know the answers as well but it's fun to talk about it right for sure fun to talk about absolutely but I, I we don't feel like equipped necessarily to give we're not experts advice <laughs> about it but we thought, why don't we ask someone who might know a little bit more yes, or probably a whole lot more than we do about some of these topics. And that's our next guest who we're going to invite in. And for those people who may or may not know, I love my Motivation Mondays or Monday Motivations. And I'm always putting up quotes and I get a lot of quotes from Barb because she's just absolutely amazing. And I love her Instagram account. And I am a big fan and follower of her her and her daughter and I just think that they're so a lot of those messages that you see come from Barb's account so I try to promote it and say it as often as I do I love that Holly very yes because I just think it's just so powerful and I'm just so excited that she decided to join us Barb I get to meet you in person I'm fangirling over here excuse my background I'm in a room that I'm not normally in so (laughs) I'm on my bed Welcome, Barb. You're so pretty. You're gorgeous. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being here with us. You're all such a, it's such a joy to be here. I can't tell you how excited I am and how thrilled I am. And I don't know if any of you are sports people, but I've been watching, I'm a uh, Chicago girl, so I've been watching the Big Ten. Oh, oh. basketball, sure. I'm like, yeah. I got a podcast to do. I got to get this. Oh. <laughs> Sorry for that. Barb, what's going on? Who's doing well? Oh, well, my daughter went to Indiana University, so they just upset Illinois. Oh my gosh, it's like, it's like beyond. Um, I told Lauren, I said, came in with the biggest smile. I said, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that's good. I was already excited for the podcast and now Indiana won. And so it's all good. But no, it's such a joy to meet all of you. My daughter was a dancer and Lauren and my daughter, Michelle, they're really close friends, colleagues and all that. They both were dancers. So I feel like I know all of you. And it's- <laughs> Aww, thank you for coming. So you're a dance mom. Well, I, yeah, you know what? I never, <laughs> I never <laughs> thought of it that way. But yes, I took my daughter to ballet. I would say every single day for uh, kindergarten to probably seventh grade. Wow. That's, yep. that's a you're long a, time. You're a dance mom. Don't run from it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the bio instead of all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's like, I'm not sure I'm going to claim that, but that's okay. 
You can be an honorary dance mom (laughs) for a very gentle bunch. I'll give you a little, just a little side. Um, Michelle, my daughter, Michelle, she, the dance teacher she had was really, 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 really rough. And (sighs) she said something to Michelle once and that's why she stopped in seventh grade and never danced again until I would say about four years ago, she was in New York working and she said, you know what, mom? She said, I think what's lacking in my life is just dance. (gasps) It's in her life. She started started dancing again, not, not a lot, not anything like, but just for fun, obviously. You can see her mood, see her energy shift. And I think it's interesting. I say that because it's interesting what people say to us. Wow. It really matters. Doesn't it? It really takes a toll and can last for a while. Could last a lifetime. Oh, absolutely. Words have a lot of power. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And Michelle is is your daughter who does the work with you as well, right? She's my daughter and only daughter. And she's, yeah, she's the one who works with me, started our podcast and, and we do the work together. Yeah. Oh, that's so much fun. I'd love to do projects with my kids. I mean, it just means so much. She'll very blessed. And it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, a lot of work. <laughs> you imagine mother and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. Well, yeah. Well, we, we worked with our kids on national TV for like so many years. So yes, we know how it is. It's like, it's either like this or, you know. And your, is your podcast new? That's what I wanted to know. Cause I thought you just announced it not too long ago. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Peaceful Mind and Peaceful Life as well as your podcast? Maybe just give us an overview about your background and your history. Okay, sure. Um, well, Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life, I'll start with that since that actually it is 11 years old this year. I've been practicing meditation and mindfulness and been in recovery for bulimia for 38 years. And I learned meditation and mindfulness in the late 80s, 1984, when I checked into treatment at this treatment center. So I really, this center was on the cutting edge and it saved my life. I can't imagine because I don't hear very many people talking about that so much today or in the years for, but so this was just a really on the forefront treatment center. When I got out, I thought I knew that I had to stay in recovery. And I knew that for the first time in my life in treatment, I had therapy and group therapy and all those things. I had uncovered so much trauma and so many things and was for the first time feeling actually good about myself. I was very successful. I owned six McDonald's restaurants, checked myself into treatment at 28 years old, started becoming bulimic by a supervisor walking in one day and saying, you know, Barb, we have this award to give to you. We're so excited about you. And we can tell you're so happy. Everything's going so well. And I can personally see that you're happy because you've put on weight since I met you. So can you imagine? Oh, that's so, in- so oh, was that a word. trigger though? When someone says you've put on weight, did that like scare you as, oh my God, do I look fat or how oh, does that work? Sure. Oh. oh, so that was a bad thing. He was doing it as <gasps> a good thing. Well, yeah, I can well, imagine. A- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that- Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Today we have all kinds of words for this guy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a couple. Yes, and I think um, I, you know, I, my both my parents were alcoholics. I was the oldest of five. So much trauma. I suffered from sexual abuse from an uncle. I never felt good enough. I never felt smart enough. I was called stupid all the time. I just I took the brunt of everything because we had no money. We were very. I don't want to say we were poor, but we barely made ends meet all along the way. So it was hard. It was just, and I kept saying to myself, it's not going to be my life. This is not going to be my life. I would watch that girl on all those shows say, I'm going to be like them. I'm going to be, I'm going to live in New York. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. And so started working at McDonald's when I was 14. I loved it. They loved me. For the first time I was seen and, and I was great. And I was a type A perfectionist. So I, my work was extraordinary. <laughs> 
and back then, you know, and like this would have been 1971, as you worked your way up and as you got better and better, McDonald's had this called business facilities lease because they wanted employees to be owner operators. So back then, graduated from high school, we had no money. So I knew I wasn't going to college right away. They said, do you want to become a manager? $125 a week. So oh, started my whole car. Yeah. And I own that crazy. Yeah. Owned my first store at 21. No way. Wow. Oh my goodness. Do you still have them to this day? No, No. I sold them all. I had six. I sold them all in 1998. But wow, what an amazing store. I have literally my hair sticking up on my arms. Yeah. So you had a lot you had to get through to become who you are. You had to figure it all out. Beautifully said. Yes, I had to start out because in that whole mix of everything that I just said, the, the foundation of all that is I didn't think that I mattered. I thought what I did, how I looked, who I was, you know, the more successful, the more beautiful, the nicer clothes, the bigger house, the car, the whatever. People liked me. That was the real foundation of everything. That's all that really mattered. It didn't matter who I was. So I was constantly abandoning who I was. I didn't know who I was. So in treatment, I got the first glimpse of, oh, you're a pretty cool person. You know, people, you're so much fun to be around. Being in therapy, (laughs) especially listening to everybody's stories. Mine was no worse than anyone else's and vice versa. We were all a mess. So yeah. it was so cool to be around with so many people that whose lives had been turned upside down by by trauma and all the difficulties of, of childhood. That were brought on by others. So this, your success, people were bringing you down and you had to overcome it. Like, wow. like some people kind of are their own worst enemy. You know what I mean? But you truly had people dragging you down. Yes, I um, certainly was the product. Wow. Yeah, it was the product of, you know, all the work that I've done and forgiving, you know, the forgiveness and all of the things that I've done since then, knowing their backgrounds, my, meeting my parents and all the people. You know, I think I believe people are doing the best they can with the tools they have. And sometimes the best they can do is pretty traumatic to especially children, but especially people that they're with. So, uh, yes, I had to unwrap all of that because I took it all personally and thought there was something wrong with me always. It was always my fault. I was all, and stupid was a thing that I was called a lot. You're just, just and even by adults, because I didn't go to college. I went straight from the top. I can't tell you how many adults would say to me, wow, how did you get so far? You didn't go to college? How did that happen? It's happened to me. People say that to me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. That's really wild and wonderful what you said, because no one's ever said it like that, that you were brought down. But if you think about when we go back into our traumas and stuff, a lot of situations are like that, where the product of sometimes unintentional, mostly unintentional, sometimes intentional, but it is our job then to kind of weed through all of that and unravel all that and try to make sense of it all so that we can emerge being the person we are and doing the things we're meant to be doing. Think how strong you had to be at a young, we were just saying in your twenties, that's a tough time in your life because you don't know what the future holds. You probably don't make much money. You don't know where to go, you know, but you got to move out of your house. You're considered an adult. There's so much pressure on the 20s on that age so thank god you figured it out so unique that's not unique well maybe it is now but that's what's so fascinating as i think about it especially when i talk to young adults or teenagers or high school kids or college kids because i do a lot so it was so bad in my house i couldn't wait to move out so i'm 14 working at mcdonald's i graduate from high school at 16. Mm -hmm. i move out in july 
the June after I graduated, got my own apartment. I make $125 a week in 1974. And I'm a woman. I mean, I'm an apartment, a car, and moved out at 16 years old. So I have always felt like an adult. I was going to say, you were still a kid. You weren't really a woman yet. (laughs) Think about it. You were a teenager. How much was your rent? Do you remember? That was a lot of therapy, uh, unraveling the thought that I never was a kid. It's about time you act like a sometime Barb. Yeah. Um, my rent, see $125 a week. So I remember my car was $45 every two weeks, 180 a month. My rent was probably like 300. I think oh. 125, wow. 125. Yeah, they can My rent wasn't even that much. No, my rent was probably 150 a week. Oh, okay. Wow. I know here, I can back it up. I know when I, when they were taking the, the money out of my, I know I had a, like one of those Christmas club savings account things. Yeah. Good girl. I, love them. <laughs> I know I was taking $50 a month out at the bank the bank was for that account of my check and I had enough to live on wow wow what a success story So Kelly, you know what? I have been working out so much recently. I have my treadmill, but one thing that really makes it, like gives me a, a good start is I have my favorite sneakers and they fit like a glove and so comfortable. I don't have any aches or pains and it makes it so easy to work out. So having there's something that fits just right works so well in your life. I agree. You, you know what I just got? Yeah. I just got a new bra uh-huh. from Third love. And I feel the same way. I I have a pet peeve about bras. Like, I don't like bra straps showing. Like, are you like that? Like, I think the new trend now is for your bra strap to hang out. But I I, am like that. They have this new classic t-shirt bra thing. Oh, those are great. I love it. It is so comfortable. I hate wearing a bra during the day. And with this, it's like I can just have it on 24-7 and you never realize you even have a bra on. Because it fits perfect. And that's the beauty. When you have a comfortable bra, you have a happy person. Let me just tell you, I'm my bra you. is comfortable. Because I, I hate it when they just like dig or they don't fit well. And they just, I'm cranky. Because How about when your straps fall down? Oh my gosh. This, it, their straps don't fall down. They have luxe straps that never slip down. That's nice. Because that's also embarrassing. I mean, I know it's just a bra strap. I don't want my bra exposed. Yeah. I want it like not seen. You know, I've gone and had bra fittings a hundred times. My bras never fit. With this, you go on and you answer all these questions. They have like fit to form your body. Did you know that 80% of women are wearing the wrong size bra? 80%. That's a lot of that. I was was definitely one of those 80% because I'm a half size and they don't sell them in the store. So 80%. Yeah. That means probably eight out of 10 women who are probably listening to our podcast your bra does not fit you correctly. So their bras made by women for women to fit, feel, and look great. Their bras for underwear, active wear, and feel good in all day wear are designed to hug better, hold stronger, and support longer. Third Love obsesses over each stitch so you can feel comfortable and confident 24-7. They have a love your fit guarantee. If you don't like it, you can do exchanges or returns or for free for 60 days. So if it doesn't fit, just send it back. And over 18 million women have already found their true bra size through the fitting room experience just like you. And so our listeners, you know, you should be next. And Third Love is the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S., partnering with organizations across the United States. Third Love has donated over $40 million worth of bras to help people in need. 
That's a lot of bras. That's a commitment there. Yeah. That is. That is a stand behind your commitment. That's great. And Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are available to answer all of your questions. Feeling is believing. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort and support they deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash mom. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash mom. I know how you have some questions, but take us to check yourself into therapy. And thank God you did, right? I would have died. I avoid, oh. I was a Karen Carpenter, the Carpenters. Yes. Oh, wow. yes. Yes. Wow. Oh, yes. That's what I was. I thought of that when you told me bulimia because she was anorexic, right? And she died because I told my girls about that years ago. So, yeah. And she died the year before I checked. She died in 1983. <gasps> and I think wild thing is I remember reading it that she died feeling really sad but not connecting the dots yeah and then a year later I opened up I live in in South Florida and I opened up the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel paper I couldn't get out of bed to go to work I was just too tired too sick and I never miss work and I opened the paper and on one side was a whole story about the anniversary of Karen Carpenter's death and on the other side was the Naples Research and Counseling Center that had just opened up in Naples Florida and you went and that's what made you go I called them oh. up and I said, what do I have to do to check into treatment? And they said, just pack your bags and drive on over. Because I was a drive over the alley over there to Naples. Um, oh, I, that's where I, I live, live, Naples. Yeah, it was it, definitely divine intervention. I had a voice saying, you're going to die. Because oh, I just wow. it was the worst that I had ever felt during this six years of suffering with bulimia. So it was a blessing, a gift. Were you alone? Did you have a spouse or a roommate? Or No, I was oh. married. I was okay. married been married we got married let's see 1984 we got married 1977 so we married seven years and we were just wow okay we were husband and wife but we were mostly like business partners all we really did was work I never thought about a family never thought about anything but constantly getting more and getting more and getting more and getting more being more like to be more liked and then I was going to be happy and I never was happy Mm. (laughs) I was always miserable and then thinking I'm not thin enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I didn't go to college, all the things. It was always that pressure of what everyone else would think of me if they really knew. Oh, they think that I'm so cool because I'm this one of the first women to ever, you know, own a McDonald's by herself. All this stuff. They Oh, they only knew, though, how really messed up I am. Well, what did your husband think when you, did he know you had this problem? And was he in denial? And maybe that's I'm just so curious. In denial. Yeah. He didn't want to face it. And you did. Yeah. And I also don't think anyone had a clue back then. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I got out, so excited. Because I'm I'm, so excited. Oh, my gosh. Look what I I did all of this. And this is what's wrong with me. And now I'm in treatment, out of treatment. Now I'm in lots of therapy. And this treatment was centered around AA. It was drug, alcohol, and food. And yeah. so it was an AA program. And so I, was so I was telling anyone that would listen, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. This is so phenomenal. Do you know how amazing life is? Do you know how amazing life can be? I was one of those people. And I don't think people even understood. They thought I was on another planet. You know, 1984. <laughs> they didn't know it. Uh-huh. I think some people wished. One woman said to me once, so does this mean every time you get up to go to the bathroom when I go to lunch with you that you're throwing your food up? Oh, no, she didn't. Yeah, people, and I, you know, they just did not know what to think or what to make. And I think my yeah. husband was, I don't think he knew what to make. He was really happy. You know, I got out and I was, I was happy and I was overjoyed. I got pregnant that year and had Michelle and then got divorced two years later. Wow. 
And and was that okay? That divorce needed to happen. You needed to go a different path. It wasn't path. at the time. It wasn't at the time. It was very, yeah. very, very difficult. Very well. Yeah, you had a two-year-old. Yeah. So right? yes, and he moved out when she was two. We got divorced when she was around three. Um, it wasn't at the time, but it wasn't long before I was looking back, feeling free and that it was the right thing. And we remained friends. There was never. Yeah, that's a good, that's a blessing right there. That is. I'm, sh- I'm sure people listening to your story right now, Barb, are like, they probably find glimmers of their story in your story. And it's like, they can identify. And even though I, don't, I by no means, I can walk in your shoes or, but there are elements of things that you've said. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's like a trigger for me because I can see, and maybe that's why I resonate with your page so much because there are things that you say or ways that you frame the world or the experiences people have gone through that they can see themselves in this. Like sometimes you're so good with the words that you come up with or the strategies is like, why did I see that? And I think I'm very successful, but I think there are all moments, we all have moments of pain or suffering or trauma, and we're trying to work through it the best way that we can. And sometimes we're so close to it, you just don't know how to make sense of it. Yeah. Oh, that's so we said we have to be real. I think that's when mm-hmm. I said I got out of treatment feeling free, because I started to uncover who I was. I mean, it's, like we have to be real. And so for me, it means a lot that the things that I do in the page resonate with you because I just want to, I don't want anyone to think that first I'm perfect or second, right. that this yeah. is easy or sure. third, yeah. no. you start to meditate, you start to do all these things and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, your life is going to be just like one big happy moment all the time. It just, it's not that at all. And I write this in my book for me, that happiness comes when you can feel free to be who you are, express your emotions, but then you have a practice. So you have a way of being able to manage them and learn from them and grow from them and understand that it's okay. Like it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be triggered. I was just triggered a month ago. You're all going to laugh because it's almost like, gosh, is it really for real that people say some of the things they say to other people? So I'm in a mm-hmm. service store because I'm redoing a closet person. And I had used this person um, before, before the pandemic. So it must have been 2019. And so I'm sitting there and I think I heard, I was listening to your podcast. I heard, think I heard someone say they're kind of an introvert, extrovert. It may have been. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I'm an introvert, extrovert. And so I just kind of keep them. I just keep to myself. So we're, we're working and he's a, he's a really wonderful guy. And he said, looks up at me, stops everything we're doing and looks up at me and says, you got skinny. And Michelle sitting there and my other work colleagues sitting there. And I go, I, what do I, I don't think I said anything. He goes, you were a lot heavier when I saw you a few years ago. You got skinny. You look good. I, I thought Michelle was gonna I, like, she, and we got in the car. She goes, "That, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it." I thought she was gonna fall out of the chair, and I remember thinking, "It got. It's kind of bringing up things for me." And I remember thinking, "This is so important because I'm triggered by this. I get triggered by stuff like that. I get triggered by food. So it's not that that won't ever happen again because mm-hmm. I, I believe it will because I have that disposition or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. I have that. I have bulimia. Right. You don't. You you manage it. You never like." don't have it again because you had it. It's like, you're not really, re- yeah, I don't, I don't you always have really it sort of covered from it. Cause I kind of feel like it would be maybe an alcoholic with my parents, yeah. as I said, or, you know, living in a bar or what, I don't think you ever recover from it and food in particular, you have to eat. So it, I believe it's yeah. even a little mm-hmm. bit more of a struggle time. 
Yeah. So I'm saying all that because I think that's me free to be allowed to be okay with the fact that I can be triggered. Everyone else free to know that that's how I think we recover from things. And that's how I think we grow is truly by owning it and saying, this is the way it is. And this is what I'm doing about it. And now I move on to the next moment. I don't mm-hmm. live in it. I don't live in that whole, oh my gosh, was I really fat three years ago or whatever he tried to tell? I mean, I don't, I don't allow the mind to do all of that. Don't, don't you think he was doing that though, as to say, you look good. Hey, so it, what triggered Men you, he thought he was doing a good thing saying, you look great. You're thin, you're lean, you're fit, whatever. So it's funny how we can't read people, but. Men are stupid story, sometimes. Sorry. I know, but I don't think he meant to be, is my point. I'm not sticking up for him. I don't know. but uh, No, no, no. I totally agree with you. But I also want to throw this out as us being five women here. I don't know many women that would ever take that as being a compliment, but no. he thought it was a compliment. Yeah, I right. right. No, I didn't right. ever suffer from bulimia or anything. So well, I had anorexia. I was anorexic in my 20s. So. so no, it's like it's like a thing you live with, but it doesn't define who you are. It doesn't name mm-hmm. who you are. It doesn't affect who you are, but you might be triggered. So what? And that's mm-hmm. how I make, and I think that Holly, that's what I appreciate you saying that so much because I try to be as real as I can so that people can understand because life is real and it's really hard. Yeah. Sure. So one of my favorite things to do, you know me, I, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. I am like an eternal student. So when <laughs> yes, I discover, I am, you know me, I love to learn. So when I discovered Masterclass, I actually gifted this to my sister a couple of years ago for Christmas because I just loved it so much. Oh, yeah. And my kids have a subscription to it. I love Masterclass. You know how we have Masterclasses in dance and you have a master teacher teaching you something that, a technique, something that they yeah. know. Their specialty, yeah. Their specialty, exactly. That's what Masterclass is. But it's to the individualized specialty of the person, the expert. It's just so cool because they have big name people. Like you can learn from Shonda Rhimes, like who created How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and Scandal. And so she has this masterclass about how to delegate and leadership, which is so cool. And her mind is just absolutely brilliant. And she also talks about growing up with her parents were educators and what they did for her and framing things, which is really good. And oh my gosh, one of my favorite authors, Malcolm Gladwell, he has a masterclass and it's all about writing. And he has this book called David and Goliath and he has several books and they're so good. But he talks about the inspiration and where that comes from and like fighting giants, why giants, even though they're big, like what's the, how did David win and this thought process that goes into their writing, which is really pretty cool. It's not necessary to sit down and consume the full class all at once. And you don't have to do it just sitting at home. You could do it anywhere because I could start to look at it at home. And then if I have to go to the doctors or whatever, I can sit in the waiting room and finish. Exactly. And you know why? Because you can access the material, whether you're on your laptop, your phone, your TV, with the new audio mode, you can even listen in your car while traveling. Like it is very adaptable. Hundreds of video lessons from over a hundred of today's most brilliant minds are available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku. The annual memberships start at 180 US dollars a year. You could do a lot of classes for $180. Exactly. Exactly. But as a because mom said so listener, you can get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash mom. 
That's masterclass.com slash mom for 15% off of Masterclass. People who watch or listen to us know that we've had experience dealing with difficult or negative people. Any strategies that you would give for like in those situations? Because I think collectively we could all think of a negative person we've had in our life that we had to work or (laughs) deal with. <laughs> just saying, uh, and, yeah. and they come and go. And yeah, some people. And sometimes some people have to stay, and some people don't. I mean, I know I was from work from dance moms. Definitely some difficult people I worked with there. Also, when you write about um, narcissists, I can think of people there. I'm like, that's a difficult person on a totally different scale. Any advice or strategy you could give any of our listeners on how to deal with difficult people? I get that question all of the time. It's a great question. I've tried lately to, to go away from calling people dick negative. They're difficult, but not. I'm trying not to call them negative because I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what's happening for them. But their impact on me can be negative, can mm-hmm. be destructive, can be traumatic, can be difficult. So my advice for that is to identify it. And don't it well, this person is affecting me instead of labeling them something and trying to call them bad and all of that, because that doesn't do any good. We don't have a clue what's happening with them. Mm-hmm. I always like to say, okay, this person has caused me to have goosebumps to not feel okay. Um, what's happening for me? So I feel my feelings in the moment and understand that I can be deeply influenced by the people that I'm with. And that mm-hmm. that is okay. We take on some of the behaviors that people were with and so we can be influenced by negative behaviors. So I try to identify it. And then what can I do about it? So I will always, if there's a person that is toxic for me without going into the toxic positivity situation, it's not about, Mm -hmm. oh, let them, they're the light too. It's not about that really. It's not about trying to understand them. It's about understanding myself and what do I need to do to take care of myself? And I'll allow them to just be who they are and not try to change them or control them because I can only take care of myself. So I try to minimize my time with them. I may not be spending time with them. Family members too. We do have to have time with family members, but I will look for ways that I can keep myself healthy and okay, but also be with them. So you start to become a scientist or you start to really become strategic about what you need to do for your own mental well-being. I find it very helpful labeling that the behavior is affecting me and really is nothing to do with them because I can't affect them or change them anyway. Like a family gathering, I might be the one that always goes to the grocery store when they need something, especially at holiday time. <laughs> That's a great idea. The, yes. Let me go. Yeah. Or let me, I'm going to go for a quick little walk just to see what the weather is like out there and see what we need to do. I'll always make up a, a something. I love that. If I'm invited to a party, I will always drive myself. Always. Mm. I never ride with someone. I like to have the freedom. Like, what if it's not going well? What if I don't feel okay? Because remember, I think it's always about taking care of yourself, which Mm. is not egotistical, which is not narcissistic, because I'm not imposing this on other people. I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to get my way. I'm trying to help myself be the best person that I can be in the moment for you and for me and to yeah. feel better. Brilliant. I love that. I love that. A few little things. I think if you constantly keep the attention on yourself and not mm-hmm. in a narcissistic way and not in a selfish way, but how am I feeling? What's happening yeah. for me right now? What do I need to do? Do I need to go to the bathroom, which I do often mm-hmm. as well, sit down and breathe? And just Mm -hmm. kind of myself, okay, you can do this. You can go over here. You can go do that. I saw that I can do this, especially if 
this feeling not not comfortable. I, I love how you just framed it and just framing it that way and looking at it, the behaviors and not labeling the person because it's automatically there. I, I automatically went there. I can see it, but then you can't control the person. So that was really very helpful. Well, and it's not helpful the other way. And right. I'm going to throw the biggest thing out that I've really been working on a lot. You you give away your power. When you let toxic people get in under your skin and change in that situation, who you are and how you normally would react, you're better off leaving the situation. Don't get involved in that, right? Just remove yourself from it. Exactly. And are finding little ways, especially if it's family members or close people, finding ways that are comfortable and that make you feel okay. Mm -hmm. If we're feeling okay, chances are they're going to feel okay for the most part, especially it's not going to ruffle any feathers, but really just trying to be the best person you can be in the moment, taking care of yourself. Not easy. This is not easy. And it's trial and error. I mean, I made so many mistakes. I had someone say to me, oh, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago. She said the equivalent of, I can't exactly remember the word, but the equivalent of that pretty much like I keep to myself. You're, you're very guarded or you're very not approachable. And I thought, oh, wow, that's not what I'm trying to be. So I thought, hmm, maybe I better take a quick look and see how how am I I practicing the things that I need to practice? (laughs) See, I think you're very warm. We're over Zoom and I feel like you're a very warm person. Can I ask you just a personal question? So I've gained about eight pounds over the past few months. I'm so overwhelmed, so busy. I can't even stand it. I've gained eight pounds. So at night, I don't sleep the same because I don't want my legs to touch. I put a pillow in between my legs. I like have a hard time falling asleep because I'm like, oh my God, I'm so fat. Oh my gosh, I could feel my fat. I mean, it's terrible. And it like makes my mind go crazy. You know, it really does. Like right now I'm like, I'm sitting for five hours. I need to go do something because I feel like I'm gaining weight sitting here. Isn't that awful? No, no, it's not awful at all. I, um, you were anorexic. But it was years ago. I mean, it was so long ago. I don't believe so that the mind ever lets go of it. Yeah, I really yeah, I agree with that. And so during this pandemic, there were many times when I thought, wow, I'm eating too much. What am I going to do here? And so what I'm going to say, I think the thing that I could share the most right now in this moment for that is like settling into yourself, knowing that you are enough and that you are strong and that you are healthy and that you are brave and that you are successful and that you are loving and that you're amazing. And just allow, giving yourself the permission not to eat or all those things, but giving yourself the permission to just be knowing that this too shall pass. This is what I did during the pandemic. Oh, because I wasn't working out. I, was, I wasn't, I had so many things going on during the pandemic. That's a whole nother podcast, but one of the biggest <laughs> dog had spinal surgery. So literally oh. I've been caretaker for my dog for two years hard but I I would say to myself mostly during then like this too shall pass this is not going to last forever you're enough you're strong you're not going to feel like this forever and I think if you instead of pushing the feelings away saying there's something wrong with you you know what this is normal I'm I'm anorexic forever I'm bulimic you know you're going to go through these feelings and they're not going to last forever and then shift yourself into a place of what can I do that'll bring me some joy like Mm feeding yourself joy, like give yourself a prize for allowing yourself to be okay with who you are in that moment. That has helped me a lot because I know that I won't let myself, I won't say that I won't do things over and over again, because that does happen, but I don't let myself live too long in a feeling where I don't feel like I have any control. That's a good point. Okay. I don't feel like I can't take a step, like one tiny step that I can take. What could I do in this moment that would free me? So I was in a place similar to that and that, oh, 
gaining weight. I'm not exercising. I'm not seeing people. I'm not doing anything. And so I allowed myself to feel that. And I was just kind of sitting there. And I think there were a couple of times where I started to cry. I was really crying. Oh my gosh, this is a lot. This is a lot. Because it's true. It's all true. Life is hard. Yes, life is hard. You know what you're going to do? If you're going to go outside and you're going to walk your dog, she can't really walk because of the surgery, but I was walking her in the stroller. And what did I see? I saw my neighbor has this cactus garden. It's the ugliest thing in the planet. It's <laughs> and weeds and it's got cactus in Florida. Never liked it. Never. I thought, how does anyone have a cactus garden in Florida? And walking, there's the most gorgeous, I'll send it to all of you. There's the most gorgeous flower on one of these cactus bushes. The most gorgeous flower I've ever seen. I started to cry. That's the joy that I needed. So, so yeah. I just, just to break up the thought pattern. Just mm-hmm. do something that'll bring you happiness or smile or joy to intercept those thoughts. Don't allow those thoughts to stay in your mind That's for very great. long. Just keep doing that and keep doing that because you're, we already are like so extraordinary. We're extraordinary people. We, everyone, we're all extraordinary human beings. We just allow yeah. the mind and society and other people to tell us who we are. I like that. That's like kind of breaking up the cycle, like something to jar and that moment of joy to break that cycle. Cause it's so easy to get kind of caught up and yeah. it's really hard to stop once you get started. It's just like, and it, that anxiety almost builds. I don't know if anxiety is the right word, but that, that those feelings. Well, right. And you have to learn to let it in, right? To let the feelings in. Yeah. Let, let the happiness or let that beautiful flower, let it in. Don't be like, Oh, that's that, that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you don't notice it and let it in, and allow, if you don't allow yourself to let it in, you're not going to notice it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. That flower could have been there the year before. I mean, I, that thing could have moved <laughs> other times. I didn't even see it. <laughs> I hope you picked it. <laughs> did, you, did you pick the flower and put it in a vase? Okay, Miss Holly, do you play Best Fiends? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I do. Oh, my goodness. Are you as good as Melissa? <laughs> no. If, if you are, I'm going to be jealous because I am not so good. Melissa is, like, the best at this. <laughs> She's pretty awesome at that. You know what? I compete against myself. That's where I am right now. I have given up the ability to beat Melissa. Yeah, don't game. compete against her because I, I think she does nothing but uh, play. <laughs> But you know what? It is fun. It's one of these games that just once you're in, you're engrossed. You're so just, it just captures your attention. Yeah, I, I like to see what kind of things I can get. You know how you get the little prizes? Yes. I, do I, like, I like to see what I'm going to get. I like that it was free to download. That to me was a plus. That was a bonus. They have 100 million downloads. That's a lot of people playing Best Fiends, so don't be left out. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a casual gameplay. I find myself picking up and playing it at the most like random times. Like I could be in line at the post office, and I'm yeah. And, so, and you know the post office usually has a big there's line. a line. Yes. And I'm just up there. I'm like, oh, I'll just whip out my phone, have my phone, and I'll play a couple rounds, a few rounds of best fiends. And this, I find myself at certain moments. This is like I have a moment. I'm like, this is the time I'm playing it, and it's just my go-to game. I like that the game is aimed for grownups, not yes. kids. Because a lot of times you say like you're playing a game on your phone and people are like, oh, they're playing a little kid's game. But it is definitely a game that's aimed at grownups. Yes, it's definitely it's an adult game, which is really good because then I also, you know, for me, I feel sophisticated. 
Like, I, I'm not doing anything childish. I am playing a game for adults, which is really pretty cool. Honestly, it's fun. But to me, it's like exercising my brain because it's an exciting puzzle adventure game. So I like that because it's like a twist and it makes me like, okay, I have to solve this puzzle. What's the best way to do this? And it makes me think. <laughs> I love that. And I'm having fun at the same time. Yeah. that is, To me, it's much better than reading a book. <laughs> Playing a game. <laughs> So you can add some joy to your daily routine with Yes Fiends. It's the puzzle adventure game you won't be able to put down. Well, if you're like Holly and you earned your fun time, go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Because we talked about this positive mindset. And people were intrigued by that. What exactly is it? And what strategies can you use to achieve this kind of mindset? So I think people are like, because we're like, oh, we're going to have, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But it's like, it's bigger than just like a resolution. It's really in the way that you frame things, I, I think. Well, yes. The way that you frame things, having the choice of how you want to live your life, I think is first. Like what is, mm. what is the, my highest ideal and how do I want to live my life? Not getting into the toxic positivity thing. I was talking about, you know, feeling your feelings, understanding that life is difficult, acknowledging them when they come up. Miley Teal is one of my favorite people on Instagram. I don't know if you've heard her. No, I looked at her. Yeah, Amazing. She'll say feel, feelings aren't facts. Love that. Feelings aren't facts. And so I think it's deciding what you want from your life and living the life that you want to live. And if that is one of bringing more joy or bringing more happiness, it has to come from your resolve of how you're going to frame things, as we talked about earlier, how you're going to see things, acknowledging when something is wrong, acknowledging when you're not feeling well, like really being real and showing up real. And then when something is really hard and something isn't going right and everything seems to be, you know, hitting the fan or being difficult, having a practice, having, you know, Holly, you have your book on affirmations, having a practice that, no, this is not real. These feelings aren't facts. This is not going to last forever. Um, no feeling is ever final. Trusting the beauty. You know, I do a lot of reading, a lot of inspirational reading, uh, trusting the beauty of impermanence. This will not last. And really owning those affirmations as a form of practice and believing them and trusting that they will work because it's the truth. Nothing lasts forever. If there's anything mm -hmm. we sure can count on in life is that everything will change. I like that. I, that, I yeah, love that's that. True. That's, I mean, aunt, that's truthful. It's the truth. So the mm -hmm. affirmations, when, when Michelle was going through a horrible breakup after college and she was living Aww. in Chicago, five years, and I just constantly be using my affirmations, my mantra, my meditation. I remember it got really difficult. So I bought her a bracelet and I engraved on the inside of the bracelet, this too shall pass. No feeling is ever final. I love that. Where and she tells this story a lot, and I think in her life, and she'll she'll share a story this year. She's writing some of her memoir type things over this past couple of years, the things she's been through, and she will talk about how it, this idea that feelings aren't final, mm -hmm. uh, feelings aren't facts, and nothing lasts forever, and that this too shall pass, saved her life uh, during that first part of COVID. And so it's truthful, it's real, but we have to practice it because what she will talk about, and I definitely feel this because it's happened for me is when you practice it, when you're bringing your mind back and not allowing it to ruminate on the negative or the, or the bad or feeling the feelings, allowing the feelings to move through you, then this stuff comes to you when you need it the most. Like you're talking about with anorexia, or if mm -hmm. I'm talking about a, a, a really 
hard time with my dog in the past year. It's really, really hard. I just say, okay, this is not going to last forever. I love that. I'm sorry. I'm writing down. I'm writing stuff down. <laughs> yeah. so I, I learned this in AA. I can do today what I couldn't imagine doing if I had to do it for a lifetime. If, if you told me, Barb, you have to take care of this very sick dog who had spinal surgery for the next two years. If you'd have told me in May of 2020, when she had the surgery, I'd still be now coming up to May of 2022. I would have said, can't do it. Are you? Oh, yeah. like I have now even thinking about Aww. that. I'm almost, I'm in two years of that. We would have all done it. I mean, because we're dog lovers. So I understand. But thinking about the mindset of it, here I am. Crazy. Two years later, I have the same you did it. I have the same. I did it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I have the same great mindset. Okay. I can do it another day. I can do it another day. I can show up That's one more good. day because I know that things will not be like this forever. And I think if right. we can get that, and bracelets, affirmations, but I think the most important thing that I can share is it has to be a practice. It has to be a practice mm. that feels right for you. Yeah. Like you said, I can do it. Guess what? You can and you did. And you will continue. Oh. I mean, because that's what makes us who we are. It seems you know, so and, simple. Oh my God. It just, when you that's, say yeah. it, it makes you feel really good. Yeah, it sounds yourself. easy. But I mean, look how strong you were at 16, at 14, then at 16. I'm pretty sure you can do anything you put your mind to. <laughs> I think you got this, Barb. <laughs> if you think back of all the things we all have done, that's that's mm -hmm. pretty extraordinary. If we could just learn to keep the mind in the moment, mm -hmm. like that power. One yeah. of my favorite teachers is Thich Nhat Hanh, and he says, the source of your smile could be your joy, or the joy could be the source of your smile. Oh, yeah. I like that. Oh. Yeah, they go That's hand, so makes funny. you think. Yeah. So I'm telling yeah. you, find something beautiful or joyful. And sometimes I will just remember that and just start to smile. And how often mm -hmm. can we be in turmoil and smile at the same time not very often so usually it just it's the break the mind needs it's that interception the mind needs from those ruminating negative mm -hmm. um harmful thoughts and and untruthful thoughts mm. isn't that something that yeah. is really good and when you talk about practice is that the meditation aspect of it and how do you put something like this into practice because like you want to do this is this a daily thing or is this something that you just as part of your routine or you do it so often now it's almost like second nature because you've kind of trained yourself to do this or it is i think when i talk about practice i think it's in my book i talk uh, i think i quote martha graham their practice is performing over and over something that's wise and true um, without judgment and with all the things, which is practicing. And then it does become, I'm paraphrasing her greatly, but mm -hmm. then it kind of does become second nature. If you think about a pianist or a dancer, you think mm -hmm. about a dancer, um, yeah. your daughter's dancing. I mean, they were profound in what they were able to accomplish in their dancing or a pianist or a tennis player or basketball or whatever it is. So yeah. practice. So I feel the same way about our lives. If we can start to rewire the brain or start a new groove in the brain and get rid of the ruminating, it will still ruminate, but how long we stay there is what changes. Start, yeah. start forming healthy habits. So yes, meditation has been the bedrock of my life for 38 years because it's a, just a practice of sitting with yourself, you know, even for just a couple of minutes before you get out of bed, you open your eyes before checking the phone, just close your eyes again, Take just connect with your breath, just close your eyes and just connect with your breath, even for just a couple of minutes, just connect. Because I find the breath is our life force, uh, mm -hmm. keeps us alive. And I find that that connects me with me into that power, my strength, my, my conviction that what, what you're saying, I can do this and I have done this. Yeah. And then I, before I go to bed, no matter what, I always say, thank you for the gift of this new day. 
you know, I was, you. Yeah. Oh, I well, love that. My, daughter, my daughter's um, dad, he passed away in 2007. He just went mm-hmm. to bed and did up. And that happens to, you know, millions of people every yeah. year. So I don't think I understood the idea of what a gift it is to actually wake up in the morning, no matter okay, how yeah. we're feeling until that yeah. moment. So I yeah. wow. about meditation and then how can we weave the rest of the things we're talking about? How can we take care of ourselves? You know, maybe set some boundaries that are not to keep other people out, but they're to keep me healthy. Serve my That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Barb, do you feel no one can do it for you? You kind of have to do these things for yourself. Yes. You have to come to grips with yourself and do it for yourself. You can't rely on others to, they can help you through, right? Yeah. But No, it has to be your path, your experiences, mm-hmm. your, um, that inner strength and and extraordinariness that I talk about that has to be the one doing it so that you can realize just what you've just said to me, what you all just said to me, not only can you do it, you did it. Because uh-huh. we have to, we yeah. have to. And you'll continue to do it. <laughs> like if I can't trust, I couldn't trust you to tell me that because I won't believe it because I didn't think enough of myself back then. Mm-hmm. I can today because your yeah. word sparked the truth that I already knew inside of me. So Got when it. you said that, like I wanted to cry for a minute, I'm like, oh gosh, it's so true because I can feel it and I know it to be true. Mm-hmm. So we have to mm-hmm. own that truth and strength within, which is what I think a practice does. It it really That's amazing. It really connects you with, you know, all the things out there are trying to tell us who we are and what we're supposed to be doing when really we need to experience it, know it, and do it for ourselves. I want to go to one of your seminars. Do you have a seminar? Can we come and visit you? And you can just... I want to come. And like, I want to come. Or do you coach? I mean, I just feel so yes. inspired oh. and just making me think. And I'm like, wow, I feel refreshed. Yeah. Do a retreat together. Now that, now that quote... Love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you live in Naples? I live in, um, I live in Boca Raton. Oh, because Kelly lives in Naples. I'm in oh. Naples, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep, you're kind of neighbors. Gorgeous yeah. over there. Oh my yeah. God, a gorgeous. When I, so I went into treatment in 1984. It's like a different universe over there. Oh now. yes, so much has changed. I, even I've been here for five years and so much has changed. Yeah. Like yeah. every day you wake up and they're building something else. Oh really? Yeah. That's funny because I want to go to Boca. <laughs> That's where I want to move to. Where do you all live? Like what tell me a little bit about so you're in Naples. Yes. And where's everyone else? Um I'm in Pittsburgh. You know, I live east of the city, but that's where we all met in Pittsburgh and then we kind of branched out. But I'm still in Pittsburgh raising my kids. I've got one left in college, one teenager left. I'm in Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm in California right now. I'm like, I'm not in Pittsburgh. I'm in California right now, but um, I live in Pittsburgh and California. Nice. And I'm in Pittsburgh. So I just go out to LA as my kids. I have two in Southern California. So I go out periodically to, to visit them <laughs> since they don't come home. Maybe we go to Pittsburgh. My One of my closest best friends who lives here now, she's got dual home too, one in Pittsburgh, one here. She lives in Pittsburgh and she's up there right now, actually. And oh my gosh. About Pittsburgh. It's her favorite. So this is not an accident. But I didn't know that you still had the deep roots there. So this is not an accident. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to get a snowstorm. So don't come visit now. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in Boca. We will come to you. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. It really was special. We really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to tell us about your podcast or anything coming up yeah. I, or before we close? Yeah. You've been Love so generous that. with your time and the words that you, you shared with us. It's been beautiful. I just want to say first, you are all such a, like, a, it is, I said it was a joy to come on. I was so excited. You just bring out the joy and the happiness and the love that I think life is supposed to feel even oh. in the midst of all yeah, the darkness. Good. Thank you. Lots of darkness. So most enjoyable hour ever. You're oh. so kind. Thank you, Barb. That's how we feel. I mean, I, I have goosebumps. Yeah. Cause we're all dance moms. And we're real. We're just real. <laughs> She's had this idea for, oh, years before, before 2019, uh, before COVID happened. So she's been had this idea for years. I just kept saying, honey, do it. Let me know. Let me know. And she says, when she came up with the title, Barb Knows Best. She's just say That's that. All, she's such a, I just, I mean, I can't say enough amazing things about her, but there's something about her. She, she soaks it in and she gets it and then makes it her own. And she used to say to me, mom, you have no idea some of the things that you would say as I'm looking now, I see how they're playing out in my own life. So she said, of yeah. course, you know best. I didn't think so at the time, but I do now. I love that. Well, you know what? You raised her well, you know, I'm so impressed. We teach our children by example. We can't necessarily yeah. beat yeah. them up. We can't, you know, we can't get them to do it and control them. But we raise our children by example and stay true to who we are. I think the long, the more we stay true to who we are and what we believe and the truth that resides in us, they're going to be amazing. So Barb Knows Best Pod, we just had our second episode this week. Oh, Actually, oh really? Um, we'll make sure we follow, but um, I say road trip to Boca. <laughs> I like that. I second it. <laughs> I agree. There's so much about me yet that is still to be discovered. So when you come to Boca, I've got some a really cool place for you to stay. Oh, oh my God. There. Watch what <laughs> you wish for, trip. Barb, because That's... we don't mess around. We'll be there. Mm. <laughs> I would love it. Oh, you're so kind. Okay, oh, so your part podcast is Barb Knows Best. Best Pod. Barb Knows Best Pod. And then oh. it all and all the podcasts that, you know, Apple Music. Um, okay, got it. This is Michelle's thing. I'm so terrible. <laughs> well, tell Michelle you did an awesome job. <laughs> I mean, about promoting, I mean, telling you where things are, Spotify, I guess. Because um, um, yeah. I listen to everything on my Apple. Like, I listen to your podcast on my Apple Music. So, yeah, I think Spotify, Apple, Google. Yeah, Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the social media and yes we we you asked me holly you said you know retreats or seminars and stuff we yeah. used to do all of that before the pandemic and we definitely will start doing that more we did a lot here in boca but we really want to get out michelle's in california right now by the way oh um, yeah. she's visiting a friend and she's going to the john mayer concert on sunday oh, oh nice. love her best life we'd love to see so, that i i just have one more question and maybe it was in your bio so you and michelle you and your daughter do you do your retreats together we've done both We've done both okay. right now. We have a we we have been working with the Boca Raton Regional Hospital for I think going on our fifth or sixth year now. So we do workshops every single month. And during oh, COVID, well, during COVID, we did um, virtual workshops for all the, um, the the staff and the nurses and all of the healthcare providers. We did those once a month during COVID, yeah. and then we do some together, some not together. We run a fellowship for dual enrollment teens at Florida Atlantic University High School and, and University students. Do you get mother and daughters that come together? Yes. I yeah. Was just, we do. I love we're that. getting more and more of that. That's having great. Other, um, you know, commenting back to us together. I think it's very fascinating. People, 
you know, I only, I share my experience. Michelle says, you know, as I said, I didn't even go to college. So I don't have a degree. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I can't tell you how many people, you know, would, would like to be able to, I said, you can come to a workshop or come to a retreat. I'm just sharing my own experiences, but I'm not yeah. a therapist. Yeah. But I, I see all of that, that I can see the door opening for the next year or two with the whole mental health thing. I really mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about, I want people to have access to all of this stuff that can't afford it. I want people to have access to I, mental health is such a huge thing. It always has been because look at, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have yeah. things at yeah. my disposal. So I see that being more and probably doing some other daughter things or just doing things more geared toward mental health and everything that we do is always geared toward being affordable for all. That, I love oh, I that. Love that's, it. That's fabulous. Yeah. Great. Applause, ladies. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank Good you. you Thank you so much. Thank you. I love yes. you all. You're fabulous. You're like I'm, we're all family. And our paths will cross again. Oh, yes. We'll Absolutely. see you in Boca soon. Yes. <laughs> You've made my day. I This is my fangirl experience. I am very, very happy. So, Barb, I'm just so, so happy right now. I am in heaven Good. right now. You're, You're so sweet. Day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Because Mom Said So. Make sure to listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can ask us questions or suggest topics by sending us an email at becausemomsaidso4 at gmail.com. And follow us on becausemomsaidso4 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Tune in next week because I'm a mom and because mom said so.